this is Kara Foster from First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ in Madisonville, Kentucky, and you're listening to our sermons podcast. And if you want to find out more information, you can connect with us at www.madisonvilledisciples.org or come in person at 1030 College Drive, uh, Madisonville, Kentucky. Subscribe and enjoy these podcasts. Our passage this morning is from the Gospel of Matthew in chapter 28. I'm going to read 10 verses, and I invite you to read along with me in your pew Bibles or your own Bibles or your apps, whatever you have handy today as we hear the story of this Easter day. After the Sabbath, as the first day of the week was dawning, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And suddenly there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descending from heaven came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, his clothing white as snow. For fear of him, the guards shook and became like dead men. But the angel said to the women, do not be afraid. I know that you are looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He has been raised as he said. Come, see the place where he lay. Then go and tell his disciples he has been raised from the dead, and indeed he is going ahead of you to Galilee, and there you will see him. This is my message for you. So they left the tomb quickly with fear and great joy and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly Jesus met them and said, Greetings! And they came to him, took hold of his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. It had been a hasty burial, a rush job to get his body off the cross and into the tomb before the Sabbath. He had died a criminal, public and shameful execution. The Roman Empire loved to crucify people because not only was it a slow and painful and agonizing death, but it was a billboard sign to anyone who saw, this could be you. You could be next. All the crowds are gone. The few willing to go near him to take his body down found the donated tomb. The stone rolled in front. It was over. Sunday comes, and the very first hint of dawn, the two Marys head to the graveyard alone. Why do they go? Why do they go? I ask myself that. Do they go to pay respects? Is there something they think they can do for him now? Why do they go? I happen to think that the hardest part of any funeral is at the very end, at the grave. I say this not as a minister who's done funerals. I say it as someone who has sat in those uncomfortable plastic seats with the fake grass pulled over the mound of dirt as if that could hide the unsightly reality of death in some way. The minister rattles off some words. You try to pay attention to them. You try. And then it seems like in an instant... They tell you to go in peace. Somebody stands up and says it's even time to go. And it's then. 
It seems inconceivable in that moment to leave, to just get up and go. You know you can't stay in the graveyard forever. Your head knows this, but your heart. Two followers of Jesus, Mary and Mary Magdalene, I think they go because they needed to. Their heart bid them to go, to just be there. Gone are the caravans of people cheering Jesus on. Gone are the crowds that adore him. Even the people who knew and loved him best, the disciples, who supposedly gave up everything to follow him, they're gone and hiding too. When the going got rough, they split. After all the adoring crowds, all the miracles, the teachings, the healings, the mountaintop moments, the celebrations of just last Sunday, it's now come down to this. Two women walking to the tomb almost in darkness. This is the saddest funeral procession ever. Of the four accounts of the Easter story that we have in the Gospels, I think John's my favorite. But Matthew wins a lot of bonus points here for being the most exciting way to tell the story. He says the earthquakes... The stone rolls in front of their eyes as an angel of the Lord appears. And the Roman guards watching over the tomb are so shocked by this, they pass out and faint. Roman guards, the finest and brightest, they pass out cold. Now, I judge not because I once fainted at the veterinarian's office. True story. It is quite a memory to wake up to the veterinarian providing you medical care. And I am pleased to say he only charged us for the dog that day. So I do not judge anyone who passes out for anything. But I, the Roman guards, these big strong guys, they pass out cold. But the women are still standing. And they hear from the angel, do not hear. I know that you're looking for Jesus who was crucified. He's not here for he has been raised. They're told to go and tell the news to the other disciples that Jesus is coming to them. The scripture says that they go in fear and great joy. Fear and joy, they go. They go to tell the news that he is risen. They are overjoyed and scared out of their mind. We forget sometimes that sometimes seemingly two opposite things can be true at the same time. You can love someone like crazy and they can drive you crazy. You can love someone and be furious at them. You can stand at the foot of the grave with your heart breaking in a million pieces and be devastated and yet still trust in the promises of eternal life. In fear and joy, the women go with the news of the first Easter morning. He is risen. They are overjoyed and terrified. And sometimes I think we people of faith tell ourselves that fear should never be a part of the equation, that fear isn't acceptable for us. That if we just believe enough or if our faith is strong enough, then we won't be afraid. 
But according to this story, it just doesn't actually work like that. The women have literally heard that the God and Jesus Christ has raised him from the dead. They have seen the empty tomb with their own eyes, and they have so much joy, but they're still scared by it. That moment in the tomb, it doesn't take all their fears away. It just gives them courage to keep going in spite of them. Faith to move beyond the fear. And as they make their way to go tell the news to the disciples, who shows up? Jesus himself. They run to Jesus. They stop. They want to worship him. But he tells them, go and tell my brothers I'm coming to them. Jesus shows up. He is risen. And I wish on this beautiful Easter day that I could stand up here today and tell you that because of this day, you will never, ever have a bad day. You won't have a hard day and you won't be sad or you won't ever be scared by life. But it's not true. You know better, don't you? Because you've been to the graveyard too. You know what it feels like to have the stone roll in front of your hope. You know what it feels like to wonder if the light is ever going to come again. In the gospel story, we see a Jesus that doesn't get a pass from the fear or the suffering. He shows us a way through it. As one of my favorite preachers says, new life starts in the dark. Whether it's a seed in the ground, a baby in the womb, or Jesus in the tomb, it starts in the dark. And because of him, we find courage to claim joy in spite of our fears, that the tomb cannot contain him, and death and fear cannot contain us. Jesus meets the women along the way. He shows up, and he will keep showing up, to all those frightened disciples who are hiding away. He'll show up to Thomas, who doubted, to Peter, who denied him again and again, to those disciples on the road to Emmaus who were given up and walking home. Jesus keeps showing up to the ones who failed him and disappointed him, to the ones who didn't believe and the ones who were scared and frightened. He keeps showing up. And it changes them. They found joy in the midst of their fear. They would learn how to open those doors and they would go out and begin to be the church. To serve and to teach in Christ's name. They would offer their life. Some would be beaten, uh, go to jail. Some would even die for their faith. But they would not let fear have the last word. And maybe that doesn't sound like a lot to you today. But the truth is... This is a story that was never meant to really be explained. It was meant to be lived. And I'm so thrilled today that on this Easter Sunday, we get to watch some young people claim their faith publicly for the very first time, to claim their new life in Christ, receive his love and forgiveness into their lives, Maybe even in spite of some fear they may have in their stomachs, they're going to do it. And to watch each of you do that today, it is a reminder to us all as we witness it. Maybe even a glimpse of the future of your own baptism today, of the power it is to say yes 
to him, a savior that has shown us the way to say yes to him. It's no small thing that they do today. And I'm mindful that all of us here today, even those listening on the radio and the Dollar General right now, those listening in their car, those connected online through the internet, and all of us in the room today, one day, maybe even today, one day you may find yourself standing in the dark. There may be a day when you wonder if the light will ever shine again because the fear seems so big it could swallow you up. You may even wonder if you've lost God or if God's lost you. Remember this. Remember this story. Because you know what? He'll find you. He will find you. Jesus keeps showing up to unsuspecting people in unexpected places because new life begins in the dark. There's no pain too great, no hurt too big, no sin so large, no grief so maddening that the light of his love can't still find you. And who knows? Maybe, maybe one day you will find yourself running to go tell somebody about it in fear and great joy that Christ the Lord has risen today. Hallelujah. Amen. <laughs>